The following podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. And we're joined today by Dallas. Dallas, how's it going today? Pretty good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Dallas, tell uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background in the diesel community. I came out of high school knowing that I wanted to work on diesel trucks and, um, you know, stemmed a passion from it uh, from my father. Uh, starting off with a Duramax, actually, a, probably an 04 LB7, I think is what it was. And um, went to WyoTech for a little while, worked on some heavy trucks and uh, worked on some light-duty trucks and found myself over at uh, at a Power Stroke company out in Colorado and uh, did a little bit of work out there and, you know, um, was really passionate about it. You know, from the get-go, worked my way over to uh, Suncoast in 2010, have been here ever since. So I've uh, had the pleasure of working on a lot of different trucks from the six liters over at the Power Stroke shop to uh, my race truck, uh, the LBZ Duramax, and had a couple Cummins in between there. And now I've found myself getting comfy with the 6.7 Power Strokes. So I've had a little bit of variety in my in my diesel career. And you know, Dallas, that's exactly why we wanted to bring you on the show today, so that we could talk about Ford transmissions. I'm wide open. Whatever you guys can throw at me, I'll give it my best shot to give you some accurate answers. So what we're going to do here today, listeners, is Danny and I are going to go through and throw out some different horsepower levels of some different model Fords, and we're going to ask our expert... What should we do to have a transmission that can handle this type of power? What is it going to take? So I'll get us kicked off here. Everybody knows I drive the 7.3, the big bad green beast. Um, it's a slow pig and, and a stick shift. But if I wanted to, let's say, just burn a whole lot of money and build the motor, I'm going to throw a big set of twins on it. I'm going to put some 250 horsepower sticks and every high pressure pump I can find. Let's say I really <laughs> want to get everything I can out of this thing. And I'm, uh, let's call it six, 600 to 650 horsepower. What do I got to do to an automatic to make it handle that? Well, Paul, first off, I like how you said you're throwing the whole bank at it. <laughs> That'd be characteristic of doing a 7.3. You know, you'd be uh, in a unique spot to do that for sure. Um, you know, my recommendation is, is always, you know, app, application specific. You know, I, I want to know what you're doing with the truck, you know, and because uh, in my experience, it's not always horsepower that, that will uh, – lead to breakage or failure you know so uh if we're going with some big compounds on it we're just going for straight 650 horse just a big torque monster um you know i'd, I'd want to see in a at least a billet input shaft to start off with that's always our first point um you know you're going to get into our units our units are built uh, not so much by stages you know we go straight into having the best shift kits the best frictions and steel setups that we can get inside of there and the way we increase capacity for horsepower is by adding billet parts. And, um, you know, the first thing that breaks when your torque converter no longer is slipping and your transmission is no longer slipping as far as the clutches are concerned, the input shaft is usually the first thing to go out, you know. And in the 4R and the 5R, everyone knows that input shaft, you know, it's pretty weak. It's a, it's a long, um, small shaft in comparison to some of the other ones out there. And uh, it'll snap. You know, yeah. you're, you're basically taking your your fusible link there and eliminating that. So I would see you into a, a good billet input, um, get you into a billet intermediate, um, you know, and depending on how the transmission looks when it comes apart, you know, maybe we get into a billet forward drum there to complement that intermediate shaft that it splines into. Uh, and, and I think that'd be pretty robust for a, a 650 horsepower truck. 
um, you know, and then if you want to go up from there, which we all know is going to be uh, some extra money being thrown at it, you know, you can always add the bigger intermediate, which is the largest one out there from TCS. Uh, we like to see those go in there. You get into billet planetaries in the rear. Those things are really cool, really robust. Uh, and then from my experience, the last thing to break on the 4R100 once you've taken care of it from the front back is the output shaft, um, which is actually, it's, it's pretty dang big from the factory, you know, but if you get those, those diehard guys out there that are sled pulling with the 7.3 or maybe drag racing it, you know, you could potentially break that output shaft. And that's when I like to see somebody kind of polish off a complete competition build with a billet output shaft in it. Nice. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. This is a good I, recipe. Yeah, I was going to say that that's pretty <laughs> complete there. Hey, pardon the interruption, folks. I'm Nick Pregnance with Calibrated Power Solutions. I do sponsor this podcast, so please allow me five seconds to remind you that if you really enjoy the technical content on this podcast and would like similar minds working on your truck's powertrain problems, Give us a call at CPS, 815-568-7920. Again, that's 815-568-7920. Now back to business. We know what we would need for 600 or 700 horsepower in a 7.3, or if we wanted to go balls out, we're going to get into a whole lot of billet. Oh, yeah, and that's the cool thing about the 4R100. You know, it's been around for a while, and uh, plenty of people have broke it. Um, You know, and companies like TCS have, have provided us you know, a lot of billet parts out there for it. Um, you know, and sometime in the future, uh, we're going to be looking at possibly doing a larger input shaft for it. Um, cause when you look at the output and you look at the intermediate, I mean, these things are huge guys. They're, they're robust. And after TCS gets done with them, they're even stronger, you know, and it really leaves, uh, the input shaft is the only thing that, that has anything left on the table to be modified. Um, you know, and we've kind of, we want to try and adapt maybe something that we've learned from the torque flights where we've had bigger uh, input shafts come into play. Uh, we'll possibly be looking at doing something like that for the 4Rs, um, not so much for the 7.3s. Um, we don't really see any failure from those trucks just because, like you were saying, you know, the 650, that's a that's probably a big range to begin with for that engine. And then if you get up to the 1,000-plus range, I mean, you're seriously dumping some money into a 7.3. I mean, what are there, two of those in the country that are at that horsepower at a 7.3? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's maybe, not a right? lot. I don't know what the number is. You to clean out the lot. bank and the reserve to make yeah. that happen. <laughs> yeah, and, and, man, I think even some of those guys are get over into, like, mechanical pump 7.3s, and that stuff gets – I mean, that's some wild stuff out there. But those guys probably aren't even having a 4R100 behind it. I think that might be like a – sled puller with some kind of clutch and drop box reverser i totally agree yeah but you know what what we're seeing is a lot of people wanting to use the 4r in a competition sense um whether it be i think some people have an adapter to go behind a duramax and i know for sure a lot of people have the adapters to go behind a cummins who the um, hell would put a ford trans behind a duramax or a cummins are you kidding me right <laughs> I now i think you can get your ass kicked for something like that right a, a 4r oh, 100 behind out, guys. Oh. you had allison coming coming out in you well you know <laughs> the, the, blood. The, the 4r is just it's a very fast transmission you know, it's it's a progressively uh, it progressively engages clutches. You know, it's not a, a clutch on clutch off transmission, so you know it can be fast. The the pump in it is extremely good. The hydraulics in it are great. The valve body is great. Uh, it's easy to control, uh, and and the thing just flat out works. You know, it's a it's a four speed, so you don't have to have that many gear changes before getting into overdrive. Um, so it, it makes for a, a really good race-type transmission. 
Um, and, you know, for the longest time, we've been about the torque flights. And now I'm starting to see, I guess, a trend in the industry is the 4Rs making a comeback, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you definitely sell it there. Like, I, I love everything that you're saying about it, uh, 4R100 there. Okay, so well, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm agreeing, man. I, I, you know, the thing is, it's I haven't had very much personal experience with the 4R, but the more I listen, you know, I'm on the phones and talking to customers every day. Um, some of the applications that these guys are wanting to use them in, you know, and it's kind of refreshing to see an older transmission come back into some popularity and especially one that so many parts are available for, you know. Yeah, it reminds me of the 4L80s from the gassers. I'm always surprised when I see those in something badass. But, you know, I get it. Like you said, um, if you're only running an eighth mile or, you, you know, with most of these trucks, you're really not going to get into overdrive on the track anyways. So you're going right. to be running direct drive. I mean, I guess there's not really any huge draws. Budget, I mean, for what an Allison can hold compared to what a 4R can hold, I'd imagine I got to be cheaper building my Allison. But oh yeah, if I'm looking at shaving tenths and I've done everything else, eventually you run into spending stupid money for two tenths of a month for two tenths of a second right like that's yeah. every drag racers dilemma <laughs> yeah and that's that's the, the point that i think some people draw the line you know i'm sure we're going to get into the six o's and six fours here in a minute and talk about the five r um but to, to me every transmission kind of has its place you know and and just like sometimes the allison people don't really some people find that maybe a torque flight behind it or a four r 100 will you know, make the truck go faster. And, you know, hands down, uh, there are transmissions out there that shift faster than the Allison, you know, right. but that's a very specific, dedicated path that somebody wants to go down with their vehicle to get to that point, you know, and most of the time it's not cheap either. Yeah. Yeah. You're not lying. Yeah. When you start to get into doing some of those coming swaps behind a Duramax, uh, the checkbook takes the toll, you know, that's the way it is. Oh Yeah. Hey, you got to pay to play, though. We, we all know that. That's it, man. That's <laughs> it. Words to live by. It's tattooed across my chest. Um, right. <laughs> okay. So so let's say I stepped it up. Let's say I got a little bit bigger budget or a lot less common sense, and I'm in a 6.0. I got a 5R1. It's a 5R100, <laughs> right? Yeah, the, uh, the 5R110. I'm sorry, the 5R110. Yes, okay. Yes, so sir. I got a 5R110. I'm just going to do the basic bulletproof, just standard like what I call stock built, right? Right. So I, I, maybe I threw a turbo at it, but I did my EGR delete. I did my coolant reroute. I did all my basic bullshit that I do with a 6.0. Yeah. What should I do with my transmission? So what what I hear from my customers most of the time is that the, the torque converter likes to go first. Um, you know, the 5Rs, they, they are a rather resilient transmission. And I don't know if that's just because they're – they are built that well, or if maybe because the six liter doesn't have enough power to break it. <laughs> Sorry for it, guys. But, you know, the, the, the five R behind the six O seems to take uh, quite a bit of beating in stock format. Um, and what we've noticed, like I said, is that the torque converter will go first. So getting a good triple disc converter in there is always a good thing. Um, you know, and the next thing that goes is going to be probably your direct clutches. That's, that's, the most common failure in a 5R110 is always going to be the directs. Um, you know, so if you were to just get a, a standard kit in it from us, you know, that would take care of 99% of the guys out there. A converter and a kit, you know, that's going to be a good 500 to 550 horsepower range. And, and even at that, the only thing I might would worry about would be an input shaft. And that's kind of where I touched before 
you know, on the 4R, same principle. It's, it's actually the same shaft. You can literally pull a billet shaft out of a 4R100 and slide it right into a 5R110. They're identical. So that's pretty cool. But same principle where you get, you know, your fusible link is going to be the input shaft. You know, you got a converter that holds and you got a transmission that's not going to slip. The input shaft is definitely the next thing that's going to go. So as far as, uh, yeah, as far we don't want to talk too much about these mild builds. We want to touch base on them. But <laughs> as far as uh, getting after it on a six hole, a lot of guys, I've seen some, I've lost to a lot of six liters, I'll admit. Um, a lot of hey, guys. they can be bad. <laughs> I know, I'll try again <laughs> next time. But they spent more money than me. But dollar for dollar, you know, that's another that's another story. But yeah. let's let's talk about what it takes to go like Paul calls it, balls out. Balls, <laughs> what it, out, balls build. out build. Yep. You know, well the the five R doesn't quite get as balls out as the four R one hundred. Um, you know, it hadn't quite been around as long, so the four R's kinda got all the flashy newness in it and the the five R, you know, if we wanted to consider a balls out or what I would call a competition build, um, you know, you're talking about my guy, I have a few guys up in the Northeast that are making 11, 1200 horse with our five R's in them. And, um, you know, we're going to put them in a, in a billet input shaft. We're going to have a billet intermediate shaft, billet low reverse hub, and, um, get them into a billet planetary back there. You know, it, it's the, really the failure points in those come with the shifting in them. Um, you know, it's a clutch on clutch off transmission and, I don't believe the five R has been dialed in quite as much as the Allison has, you know, they, you know, the Allison, um, at one point was, was having a problem with the P2 planet. And and when they were racing them and and having a lot of, uh, a lot of bind up issues, it would get taken out on a specific area of the transmission. And that's what we found with the five R, you know, some bind ups were happening in them and the low reverse hub would just explode. So, the low reverse hub getting replaced, you know, that's going to really help you in any kind of torquey situation going on, whether you're launching from the drag strip or, you know, you're hauling heavy or maybe you're sled pulling, um, you know, but the, the low reverse hub there, the intermediate shaft in play, I mean, you really got a combination that's not going to leave you stranded once you get all those parts in there. That's awesome. But look, I, I just want to know, I see guys on Allison's buying intermediate shafts. Is that absolutely necessary for what you're talking about here or is that just something man to be completely honest with you um mike over at holly rock customs has got to be the only person that i personally know of um that has broken a stock allison intermediate shaft and you know that truck what do you do drop it or what i mean how do you (laughs) broke it a few times (laughs) i think they were playing with tuning or something but he was drag racing it you know on this truck's um got a big triple kit on it and he's got to be making somewhere between 14 and 1500 horse you know it's a nine i don't quote me on that i know he went faster than i did and he said i went nine sevens but he went so faster than a nine seven and a quarter with an allison and in a crew cab and, a crew cab. Wow. and um awesome. you know crew cab four-wheel drive running faster than a nine seven i think they were playing with some shift timing and in tuning and it just grenaded the intermediate. But that's kind of what I was telling you about, that the, the clutch on, clutch off, and, and the grabbing. And, you know, these guys are fighting for every microsecond out of these transmissions with clutch on, clutch off uh, engagements. And, you know, if, if you're doing some trial and error in a 1,400-horsepower truck that probably weighs 6,500 pounds, 
something's going to give up. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> you know, second time actually now in the podcast that Mike Graves has come up. We're going to have to get him on the show and talk to him about drag racing and his badass oh, truck. Man. Huh? You'll you'll have a good time with him. I, I I highly recommend it. It's a good dude. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I got to meet him out at Rudy's. He he is a great guy. We're definitely going to talk to Mike over at Holly Rocks. But oh let's, yeah, let, I let's highly get- recommend him. Let's get back on pace here. Um, My 6'4 guys are just chomping at the bit, waiting to find out what they should do if they're going to go 650 horse in their 6'4, meaning that they put a built motor in it and 20 grand into the motor to be able to make that horsepower. Actually, no, they they make good horsepower. They're just not reliable. Um, Yeah, I mean, you you can get a a turbo kit on those guys and get 600 plus in a heartbeat, you know, assuming all your fuel and everything's good to go. How far Um, is that stock trans? good to in a 6.4 because i've heard that they'll hold 500 600 horsepower that well you know For they will but everything's <laughs> got a, a, a lifespan you know <laughs> and there's there's only so many oompas a transmission could take before something happens and you know that's that's at that's at any given point you know there's only so many times you can do a, a four-wheel launch before you slip something or before you break something you know it's 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 part of the territory uh but the thing about the six fours is, you know, the, they share the same transmission as the six liter. Uh, there's very minimal differences between them. They you know, call the that the arm. they call that the torque shift, don't they? Yeah, yeah, okay. they're torque shift transmissions. Yep, and you know, those will interchange as well. Just like we were talking about the uh, the input shaft between the four R one hundred and the five R one ten. You know, you could literally take a a five R one ten out of a six four and bolt it in a six liter, and vice versa. Um, but the the thing about the six fours that you can count on is that they make a lot more torque than the six liters. Um, you know their injection system with the common rail, um, their their fueling comes in harder. Their low end is a lot better. Uh, not to mention the displacement there. So, you know the the five R is going to follow the same failure points in a six four, but it's going to come a little bit sooner just because the six four makes more torque. Um, you know for for the given horsepower. Um, and, and again, we'd be back in the same situation. You know, we'd be looking at the billet input, and we've got a couple of different choices there between the 300M and that Aramit shaft. Um, you know, then we'd get into the, the billet intermediate, billet low reverse hub. Um, you know, and something that we've seen here at Suncoast is the, the 5R110s have a, a long case. You know, they have a really short tail housing on them, so it's a kind of a mono case uh, transmission. And uh, something that we've seen out of the six fours in particular is something we call case flex. And what happens with them is they'll torque up so much in such a long, hollow case that it will actually torque and make the valve body come unsealed from the transmission case. Get the so fuck out of here. I, I'm, I'm telling you, and you get cross leaks, and then these things start acting real dumb. Oh, <laughs> when my you God. Get some, some hydraulic cross leaks. Oh, yeah. Wow. So. We recommend on the six fours, we always try to get somebody into a deep pan. Now, I could probably debunk a couple of myths about these deep pans while we're on the show here. Please do. Um, Absolutely. You know, this is my God's honest opinion on them. You know, here's the nuts and bolts of it. They take longer to heat up and they take longer to cool down. That's the honest truth. They don't offer any cooling benefit. You know, you mean those cooling fins don't work? No. The only thing you can do to make these things run cooler is to get you a better cooler itself. That's it. The the pans, um, you know, and back to this case flex thing, the thing I really like about them is, yeah, they're pretty. Um, yeah, you have added capacity, which may, you know, uh, elongate your service intervals. So there's a benefit there. Um, but 
what I like them for, the most logical reason for me to put one on a transmission is that case flex. When you put in a deep pan, you have essentially added a girdle to the transmission, you know, and when you do that, it helps eliminate the case flex. So for my 6'4 guys out there, you know, my professional advice to them is if you have one that you know you're going to make a lot of torque with, I throw a pan on it just because I know for a fact that the case does flex and you yeah. do have a little bit of hydraulic cross leaks that go on under extreme application. Just now, so it'll help you know, strengthen up the structural integrity of the case, you're saying? Absolutely. Hands down. Yes, sir. And, and that's, and, and, you know, I say at the extreme, you know, I'm talking when it matters, you know, when you're taking your thousand horsepower six, four, and you want to go launch it at the track. I mean, imagine how much torque is flowing through that transmission there. You know, it is, it, your engine's trying to rip out the frame, the transmission's trying to come off the cross member and everything there is responsible for holding tight and holding together. And you want as much of that rigidity as you can get to plant the power to the ground. You know, so the pan does actually help that case flex. And you don't want a hydraulic cross leak when you're, you know, trying to cut a one six sixty foot out of your crew cab. And, so, then, you know, and then you got to go and do it again in about 15 more minutes. <laughs> right. And the, the warmer they get, the hotter they get, the, you know, the more malleable the metal becomes. And, you know, it, it could potentially get worse. Um, so that's why we like to see transmission pans on the 6.4 builds. Um, you know, and we're going to the extreme side on that, talking about the, you know, the drag racing and a thousand horsepower, but it definitely has a trickle down effect. It will help you in, in all scenarios. You know, let's, awesome. if we take it back to even a stock type guy, I mean, if you put your truck down in four low, you know, and you're, you're got stock horsepower and you're just crawling, but you're hooked to a tree behind you, same principle. You know, you're taking and multiplying torque and loading that thing up as hard as it can go. So, and it could even come into play on some towing applications. That's really good information to hear that. Um, a lot of guys that have 6.4s, four, uh, obviously, they have nothing but power, you know, and that's what they do. That's what they focus on. But when you get well, into yeah. a 6.7 and you want to hit the 600, the 700, <laughs> you know, uh, horsepower range, what happens now? What would, What do we have to do? What's the plan of attack? So the six sevens, that's that's my baby, man. I, I got one. I, I drive one every day. What um, year? I've got a fourteen um, that I bought brand new. Uh, it's got sixty thousand miles on it now, and I've been been blessed to be able to step it up through the power ranges up to seven hundred and thirty wheel horsepower without uh, remodeling the side of my block. <laughs> 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 so uh, I, I find the six seven very very close to my heart, man. I really I thoroughly enjoy the engine. Um, I, I absolutely love the 6R140. It has got to be, um, hands down, one of my favorite transmissions I've ever driven. Um, you know, it held in there tight for a long time. Um, you know, the, the converters are unlike anything else that's on the market right now. Uh, the transmission is just its sheer size. Uh, you know, when if, if you have a 6R140 on the shelf, next to an Allison, I mean, you could almost literally fit an Allison inside of a 6R140. That's, that's how big they are, you know? And if, if you were to put a tuner on it, 90% of the guys, they laugh perfect for it, to be honest with you. You know, I, I love selling transmissions, but I like to keep it honest with people. Um, if you're just running a tuner, they're not really having a problem. These things are robust, man. And, and, you know, the, the thing with Ford, they, I think they really messed up 
the the 11 to 14 transmissions were pretty beefy, but for some reason, the 15 and up, um, you know, we're seeing some some failures with them that aren't even necessarily related to power. Um, so, you know, I think I think Ford maybe got used to having a transmission that wasn't giving them any fits and maybe slacked off a little bit because for a while, guys were getting you know 600 to 650 horse, you know, for a, a few thousand miles without an issue out of them, and I mean that's uh. That's doubling the output of that engine. That's you know, a big and, number and out of stock trans. That's a real big number. I, I, and I, I think I want to dial that back for our listeners to really understand 600 horsepower on a stock transmission. There's Huge. not many things out there that can hold it. New LMLs, you get to about 600, you start to lose a converter, mm-hmm. or yep. you're praying that you have enough in your budget to do a built trans because you're going to need it. <laughs> and that's a dual-disc yeah. converter yeah. In LML. You're yeah. burning through it. Um, Cummins, same thing, 500. It'll hold it all day. Uh, on a 68, uh, 580, I don't think so. I don't think it'll hold, no. to be honest with you. I think you're going to balloon a converter real quick, and then you're going to be into clutches right after that and nightmares oh, yeah. with everything else. Um, so to hold 600 awesome. plus on a stock trans, I'll give it to Ford on that. Absolutely. They they knocked it out of the park, home run on this transmission. Um, so what you about know, for and, you? What did you do to your transmission? now? Because I know you have a pretty badass build on this 6.7, don't you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, it's about to get a little bit more badass for the ultimate call-out challenge uh, coming down the pipe. Ooh, um, oh, the call-out <laughs> challenge. Salud. I'll, I'll be seeing you boys in about, a, yeah. about what, seven, eight weeks we're yeah. coming up it's, with now? It's getting close. We're getting, getting down I hope we can finish with. what we got going on. Um, we're, we're cutting it down to the wire. What do you think, Paul? I mean, we'll we'll be there. Yeah, I mean, right there we're gonna you. be there. We're, we're like everybody else. We're, we're bringing two thousand horsepower yeah. to the table. We're bringing a two thousand horsepower truck. That's yeah. our goal. We'll shut down the shop for a week yeah. and, and work on and, it if that's grind. what it takes, right? Look, look, the only difference between us and everyone else is we're professional procrastinators now. <laughs> <laughs> we wait till last minute. Yeah, and still need man, more. We, we do the same thing they do, man. You know, you got a race coming up, and uh, we get you know. We're blessed to call this industry work, but you know we get tied up with work and, and thing time gets away from you. You know, and next thing you know, you're like, oh shit, we got one month to be there, and you're like, uh, what are we doing again? <laughs> <laughs> are you, you know? kidding? Uh, but yeah, man, the six seven. I mean, I I started off putting some twin pumps on it. Um, I did five forty one to the wheels with it, and, and uh, had fun with that for a little while, and then I put uh, an industrial added turbo kit on it, which everyone's like, "Oh no, you put, you know, you put a turbo on top of the stock turbo, you're definitely going to blow it up." Well, not true. Ten thousand miles later, nothing ever happened. So I had uh, compound turbos and twin pumps for. Uh, I want to say I ran it for about ten to fifteen thousand miles, um, zero issues, and I got back on the dyno and it put down six sixty five, and. Uh, you know, it was it was around that time, you know, I started noticing that I was getting some flares going on the three four and the uh and the four five and uh my second gear started to flare a little bit too. You know, I was like, Oh well, you know, I I know I knew at some point something was gonna let go. You know, right. I was just on uh you know, I was on borrowed time at that point. But, you know, being being in the transmission industry, I was like, Well, okay, well let's let's see what's going to fail first? You know, I don't want to just go rush and, and throw parts at it because then we, we haven't really learned anything. So, you know, it, it did hold 665 for a while. Um, 
you know, and, and I'm not a crazy driver. I, I, I didn't hit the track with it. I'd only done a couple dyno pulls. And, um, Just because your wife's you know, listening doesn't mean you have to lie about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's because those rods are listening, okay? They're, 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 just, they're waiting for you to talk bad about them, and next thing you know, they're going to jump out that block on me. I, I can feel it. <laughs> so I, I, I always knew, you know, people were saying, oh, twin pumps and turbos, you know, you're going to blow your shit up. It's going to be sky high in a little while. And, uh, you know, thankfully it never did happen, um, but I was always mindful of that. So I tried to not, you know, torque up the truck too much. You know, that thing would make 20 pounds of boost at 1,600 RPMs, and I knew that wasn't good for rods, you know. So <laughs> I drove it a little conservatively, and about about 15,000 miles with 665 horse to the wheels, and she started letting go. And what, what lets go first is the e clutches and that they come on in uh four fifth and sixth and those are your overdrives and the e clutch in a 6r140 is extremely similar to the c1s in an allison okay um you know about the same size you know it's it's i don't know what ford engineers were thinking but you know diesel trucks we're when we're loaded up that's when we're making big torque big power so why they chose to put the smallest clutches in the transmission holding four fifths and six is just beyond me. <laughs> you know, maybe they figured you were up to cruising speed and, you know, you wouldn't need it if you were towing a trailer, you could just downshift. But, you know, those are the fun gears for us. Yeah, right. We get on the highway, just roll into it and let her eat, you know. Let her eat. I love that term. <laughs> I use that a lot. We use that yeah. here in the Midwest a lot. But, you know, <laughs> one of these, the reason why we like to call guys like you in this industry is because if I hear another guy tell me that they listen to somebody's advice that they had no idea what they're talking about, I'm going to puke. So, you know, like you said, you're getting advice like that twin kit will never work with that. You're going to grenade that. You're listening to somebody that's never even attempted that, never even tried that. So by broadcasting these podcasts, it'll give the listeners a chance to actually get an idea of what is really going on, not something that they think that they heard. Right. And, you know, I I think it's important to distinguish the two. You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of misinformation floating around out there you know and that's something yeah. we talk about all the time that's here. why we're um, here today yeah we're, we're going to stop some misinformation we're going to bunk some myths you know any, any any questions you guys might have about that I'm, I'm always an open door for that you and, know and especially with my personal experiences you know um with with especially with the six seven you know i'm i'm a solid hundred horsepower over what people are currently saying is the breaking point for those rods now I'm a conservative driver because I know that, you know, right. knowing that a hundred horsepower ago, my block should have been munched. Um, <laughs> you know, I try to <laughs> try to keep that in mind when I'm driving, you know, and, and I've blown some stuff up too, man. I have chunked rod number seven and eight out of Duramaxes twice, cracked Ooh. pistons. I've that, that's <laughs> just a, bearings. that's just a badge of honor when you got a cracked piston or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I, I think this draws out a really good point too, because just because your truck is capable of making 650 or 750 or whatever the horsepower number is, it's important to keep in mind that's a peak number found at a very, very specific operation in a very specific test. It's extremely rare that any normal, reasonable human being would ever be creating that much power on the street. Now on the strip right. and, and 
sled pulling. Those are different worlds. That's competition. That's where we would expect shit to break. But right. because you're 100 horsepower past what those rods are known to be good for, well, like you said, that makes a lot of sense because you drive it conservative. When you're driving conservative, you're probably only making 200, 300 horsepower. On the, on the daily, correct. Yeah, and, and you know, that's, that's something else that uh, I'm glad you brought up. You know, being that I don't hammer it all the time, yeah, I mean, my, my truck makes 730 peak horsepower. Right. That doesn't mean it has it from the time I turned the key on. Yeah, I wish, right? I, I wish I didn't yeah. have to do anything besides hit the hit the throttle to get 700 horse out of the truck. No, 700 like horse. an electric car. Yeah. yeah. We've got it on tap right now. Right. Yeah, Tesla, baby. <laughs> Tesla Listen, power. If, if we could do that, y'all would be calling me a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking about calling you, what can you tell us? How can we get a hold of you? Tell the listeners how to reach you, Facebook, Twitter, yeah, I'm, I'm your on handle. Facebook, the Suncoast Performance page. We have an Instagram. Um, you know, my direct line here at the shops eight five zero two two six six thousand. That comes direct to my phone. The same one I'm talking to you guys on right now. And uh, I'm available five days a week, Monday through Friday, eight to five. I'm uh, on Facebook. You know, Dallas Penn. Check me out. Um, I follow you. you I know, followed you for about I don't know seven years now. Personally, yeah. creep, <laughs> yeah, creeper. Yeah, we got a me. creeper. <laughs> oh, I love but it. Yeah, um, you know I I try to keep access open. You know, but you, you know how it is in this industry, man. Um, you know you got to have a little privacy once in a while. So I try to tell people, you know, I'm I'm at my computer. I'm at my station. Send me an email. I check that out all yeah. day. It's a it's a very professional way to communicate. Um, and I like to keep that open with people. You know, my cell phone, um, when I'm at work, you know, I, I try to set it aside as much as possible and, and focus on the incoming phone traffic and my email. Um, you know, and it's it's just like you guys. You know, I think, Paul, me and you were talking the other day. You know, it's a very personalized experience when you call up here. You know, I, I like to consult people. I like to try to put them in what works for them and their application um, more so than somebody just calling them saying, Hey, I want this, this or this. So when that happens, you know, you could be on the phone for an hour and a half. You know, if, if somebody is calling you and, and, and Paul, you had mentioned the, just the money that people are throwing down, you know, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm selling transmissions every day for more than some people's first cars cost. Not more than mine, you know? more than my first three combined. <laughs> Yeah, and that's and, another uh, round of drinks, uh, so we can get into that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I'm trying to stay, um, you know, stay with these people, and I want them to feel good about spending the money with me. You know, I want them to know that that I've got their back. That I've, I've you know, they they fear, you know, what if well, what if I get left on the side of the road? You know, and we have these conversations like, look, man, you know, I've been trucking back from World Finals. You know, I don't remember what year it is. I think it was 2011 or 2012, and I had just blown my LBZ race truck up. I chunk rod seven and eight out racing against Dimitri Millard and, um, you know, scattered my shit all over the pla- track, shut it down, managed to Yard get the sale. truck in the trailer, tail tucked, and I had an LLY tow truck. And we were coming home from Ennis, Texas, um, you know, and I don't let those things like that get to me too bad, you know. So I wasn't really having too bad of a day, but we're on the way home, and the LLY cracks a piston in texas Ooh. and we're still trying to make it to florida <laughs> lly life lly life yeah so, you know i try to say you know i've got those stories too you know i've had a blown up truck in the trailer 
and the tow truck blow up too you know <laughs> i've been there you, you know, know some I, I days that just goes to show some days you're the pigeon some days you're the statue yeah. <laughs> hey, we we got shit on that day. For sure. <laughs> uh, Excellent. Well, but, Dallas, I do want to say thank you again so much for coming on the show. Dallas is going to be a regular part of our broadcast. Uh, we'll be bringing him back uh, at different times to talk about different parts of transmissions, Ford transmissions, and all other things Suncoast converters related. Uh, this has been Paul Wilson. I'm Danny Voss. I'm joined by Dallas Penn. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks, guys. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com, developer of performance engine and transmission calibrations for a wide variety of late model diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, John Deere, Jeep, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920.